0: Giving instruction to Maharaj Parikshit, Maharaj Parikshit had come to the banks of the Yamuna seeking spiritual guidance. He knew that his death was imminent, and he wanted to know how to prepare for leaving this body. In the first chapter, we have Maharaj Parikshit asking. Sukhadeva Goswami, how to fix the mind at the time of death. What should he fix the mind on? And Maharaj Pariksit, Sukhadeva Goswami began his reply by first of all describing how one could fix one's mind on the Virata-rūpa, the universal form of the Lord. This is for materialistic people who are not able to conceive of a transcendental form of the Lord. After describing this Sukadeva Goswami then goes on to explain the process of meditation, how one can perceive of the Lord within one's own heart, not just only in the form of the, unif- the material element, but one can also perceive the Lord within the heart of every living entity. And Sukadeva so Goswami has been describing in several verses on how one can raise the light air up within the body and finally bring the light air to the point that it will come out of the cerebral hole in the top of the head. Prabhupada says, there's a hole in the skull like that, then this is the sign of a great devotee. Uh, This is a mechanical process of leaving the body. In these few verses, up to this verse, Sukadeva Swami is describing uh, leaving the body quickly. In the next Section beginning in the next verse, text 22 goes on to describe about how the yogi may not immediately get success, but he may go to the higher planet. He may have still some desire or some interest to enjoy the heavenly higher planet, some sense gratification, rather than just go straight back to Godhead. So here, Srila Prabhupada explains to us, or it's also explained by Sukadeva Goswami, that if the yogi wants to be successful in this attempt, bringing the light air out of the top of the head, it is very important that such a person has no material desire, no material desire at all. That is no desire for karma or for yoga desire for karma means to enjoy the results of our work and the desire of the yogi may be to achieve liberation into the existence of the Lord to become one with the Supreme so neither of these persons are going to be successful in their attempt to get out from this material world. This is uh, this description here in the Prima Bhagavatam, the Lord in the heart, fixing the mind on the super soul, then raising the light bears, is similar to what is described in the eighth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, where Lord Krishna explains to the uh, Arjuna, how there are two processes for leaving this world, one in the daytime and one at night, in darkness and in light, right? So, after explaining the different destinations achieved, then he says, actually, for one who is in devotion, it doesn't matter. The time or the place doesn't matter for one who is fixed in devotion to the Supreme. So this point is confirmed here in this verse that what is important is that we should be simply attached to the Supreme, that our mind should be absorbed in the thought of the Lord. Uh, This is pure devotional service. In the Bhagavad Gita, again in the eighth chapter, Lord Krishna describes ananya cheta satatam yomam smarati nityasha Lord Krishna is saying to Arjuna that for one whose mind is fixed on me without deviation then I am easy to obtain O son of Prita because of his constant engagement in devotional service so ananya ananya cheta satatam Ananya Bhakti. Ah, Krishna in different places in the Bhagavad Gita, He speaks about Ananya Bhakti. Ananya Bhakti means devotion which is not mixed with any other things, no other desires. Ah, In some places it is described as Jnana Sunya Bhakti, devotion without any knowledge, devoid of to philosophical speculation, so pure devotion. Rupa Goswami has similarly described pure devotion of service. Anan, uh, ana, uh, anan, aniyabila sita shrimam, gyanakarma dana pratham, anokroena Krishna nochilanam, bhakti atu tamam that the highest devotion is that devotion which is completely pure, without any material desire. So, in the earlier verses, Prabhupada had been talking a lot in the different purports. Uh, he had been explaining, what, is, what are these material desires? What is it that causes us to become deviated from the path of Krishna consciousness? And Prabhupada talks again and again that the basic, the strongest attachment to this material existence comes in the form of sex attraction. And this sex attraction is both gross and subtle. The subtle manifestation is even more serious than the gross. That subtle attachment comes in the form of Desire for profit, adoration, and distinction. So, these these, uh, desires, of course, are very deep in the heart of us conditioned souls. And it is very difficult thing to overcome them and to remove these desires. Desire for profit, adoration, and distinction. Therefore, we have to constantly endeavor to purify our existence by overcoming this tendency for satisfying our material desires through these different things. Uh, Lord Chaitanya has explained these things in a similar way in the Shikshastikam. That one should have no desire to accumulate wealth or to enjoy the beautiful women or to want any number of followers. One should simply want the Lord's devotional service birth after birth, so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also is teaching us not even to desire liberation from this material existence, but our constant prayer should be to be simply engaged in the service of the Lord. This uh, constant engagement in the Lord's service, this is very much required. We, when I first became a devotee, I remember, we, I was told this story about the genie in the lamp. Probably you all know that story about the, the, the genie in the lamp. That some person purchased this lamp, but he was told to be very careful that this lamp is very dangerous. It's got some powerful genie in the lamp. However the person opened the lamp and out came the genie. So the genie immediately demanded, give me something to do, what can I do? So, you know, this person had a lot of responsibility, so he sent the genie to work. Go cut the garden and uh, cut the grass in the gardens, dig all the gardens and paint the house. <laughs> sweep the road, wash the car, <laughs> and kept, it, kept the genie busy and all kinds of things. But the genie was so fast and so quick in doing everything that it wasn't long the genie would come back and demand more service. So then it became a problem, what to give the genie to do. So then the man had an idea and he told the genie, okay, tie a rope up to the top of the house. Now, climb up the rope come back down, okay, now you keep climbing up and down the road, when I've got, when I need you, I will call for you. So in this way, it kept the genie working, you see, so this is something like the life of our de- a devotee, because our mind is like this genie, our mind is uh, some very terrible enemy, who will give us the desires to do all bad things, we have to, therefore, keep the mind engaged. So, when we don't have any physical service to do, then we simply take our japa, we take our bead bag, and we hold on to the holy name of the Lord, and we just chant, keep ourselves busy in chanting the holy name. This is our most important activity. In all activities, we have to remember Krishna. The Satatam, uh, Smartayam, how does it go? Always remember Vishnu. Smartavyam Satatam Vishnu, Vishmartavyam Najatukrit, Sarve Vidhi Nishidasur, Etayor Eva Kinkaraha. That's the most important of all regulated principles is that we should always remember Vishnu or Krishna. This is our primary regulated principle. To remember Lord Krishna, Lord Vishnu, fix our mind on Him, always remember Him and never forget Him. So this is the most important of all things. Not just simply following different rules and principles, do this, do that, but the most important thing is that we remember Lord Krishna, just like when Lord Krishna, uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was traveling in South India and he came to Sri Ranga. so beside meeting the Bhatta family he also saw in Sri Ranga there was one Brahmana reciting the Bhagavad Gita but he was reciting it very badly, he could not properly pronounce it and people were joking about him and ridiculing him. But he saw that this Brahmana was every day coming to recite the Bhagavad Gita. And he also noticed that as the Brahmana recited Bhagavad Gita, he was not disturbed by the behavior of other people. Or were ridiculing him, but rather this Brahmana, while he recited the Bhagavad Gita, was displaying different ecstatic symptoms. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could see his, his body was trembling, there was standing of his hair on end. Like this, different signs of ecstasy. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu decided to talk further with this person and understand what was happening. So he asked the Brahmana, what are you doing? The Brahmana explained that my spiritual master told me that every day I have to recite the Bhagavad Gita. So Lord Chaitanya said, that's very nice. You have faith in the instructions of your spiritual master. One who has, who follows the instructions of the spiritual master and has faith in the scriptures then he's sure to understand all the purports of the scripture. But still Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that I see that when you're reading Bhagavad Gita, you are feeling some ecstasy, you're displaying some signs of awakening of love of the Lord. So what are you thinking within your mind when you're reading this Bhagavad Gita? Which particular instruction of the Lord are you remembering? And the Brahmana explained to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he said, Well, actually I am illiterate. I don't understand the Bhagavad Gita. I simply read it, and as you must have observed, I don't read it very well. But I simply read this Bhagavad Gita following the order of my spiritual master. And as I read the Bhagavad Gita, I also think of the sweet form of the Lord and how He is so merciful that He becomes the chariot driver of the devotee. I simply remember the Lord in His wonderful form. And thinking of the form of the Lord, that awakens this ecstasy within me. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very satisfied in hearing this uh, explanation from the brahmana, And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied to him that you are the true reciter of Bhagavad Gita. You have actually understood the Bhagavad Gita. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also educated this pramana and taught him how to properly read Bhagavad Gita. So this is the point, that in our devotional service, that if we do some activity, But if there is no remembrance of the Lord, no thought of the Lord, it is not a great success. But if we are able to simply remember the Lord, then that is very, that is a victory, that is the real success. However, we shouldn't be discouraged if we are not thinking of the Lord. One devotee actually approached Srila Prabhupada, and said to him, Prabhupada, I am doing devotional service, I am doing many different services around the temple. But he said, I don't remember Krishna, I can't remember Krishna. Prabhupada, however, told him, he said, anyway, he said, you go on doing this service and strictly follow the regulative principles and every day you must chant at least 16 rounds. He said, And in this way, at the end of your life, Krishna will force himself into your mind and take you back to Godhead. So this was Srila Prabhupada's instruction to a devotee who found it very hard to think of the Lord. However, we should understand that if a devotee is strictly following the four regulated principles and daily chanting at least 16 rounds, trying to avoid offences, then this is a good sign that actually there must be some thought of the Lord there. Because one will not be able to follow these principles or to maintain the chanting without remembering the Lord. The first principle is to fix the mind on the Lord. In the description of the activities of Maharaj Ambarish and Srimad Bhagavatam it is described Savai Mana Krishna Padarabhinda Yoy Vajamsi Vaikuntha Gulana Mubalana Srila Vyasadeva describes the activities of Maharaj Ambarish in this way that the very first thing he did was to fix his mind on the lotus feet of the Lord and then He wanted to also hear. He used his ears to hear topics of the Lord. He used his legs to walk to the temple. He used his eyes to see the form of the Lord. He used his hands to clean the temple. In this way he was engaging all of his different bodily senses in the service of Krishna. But the first thing was to fix the mind on the lotus feet of Krishna. We also sing this, that song by Lohchandas Thakur, the, the Hari Mana Shri Nanda Nandana. Uh, he is praying that let my mind be fixed on that son of Nanda Maharaj. By fixing our mind on the son of Nanda Maharaj, we will become fearless in this material existence. If we can remember Lord Krishna, then certainly there is nothing to fear in this material world. But if we forget Krishna, then certainly the, the world becomes very fearful. Eating, sleeping, mating and fearing. This is the business of the materialistic people. Devotees do not have to be fearful in life because devotees simply take shelter of Lord Shri Krishna. We know that only Krishna can protect us. We know that only Krishna can maintain us. It's not by our hard work, or just because we have a good job, and because we worked hard to get education, and we made lots we could make some money but it's simply by the grace of Krishna. Krishna is maintaining not only us, He's maintaining every living entity. Eko bahunam yo kama. That one Supreme Lord is maintaining each and every living entity. But devotees, we can recognize that the Lord is maintaining us. Therefore, we surrender ourselves to Him. And we engage ourselves also in His service. We are very careful not to harbor material desires, material attachments. Attachments to this material existence will bring us back again into this material world we have to progressively detach ourselves from this world. Therefore, we w- if, you studied, if you've study—if been studying the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, we find that Sukadeva Goswami, in the beginning of his descriptions to Maharaj Parikshit, he told him the first thing which was required for success in leaving this world. The first thing was, to get out from the home. In other words, to detach oneself from this material existence. The nature of our life is that we become very attached to our material situation, our apartments, our little homes, our residences, and our belongings. It is so easy for us To develop attachment. We have to be able to leave all of these things at one moment's notice. Uh, The example was given also with Maharaj Kapanga, who only had a moment to prepare, no time to think of anything, just simply put the mind on the Lord, fix the mind on the lotus the Lord. So we have to prepare for that. Just as Gadvanga Maharaj uh, had prepared, he qualified himself for this uh, situation because he had done a lot of selfless service. He had been fighting for the demigods, against the demons for a very long time. A selfless service, fighting on behalf of the devotees of the Lord against the Asura. And because of this, he was rewarded by the, by the devas, and at the time of death, when he has to leave this body, he could give up everything without attachment. Practicing devotional service, we should also be cultivating detachment. Srimad Bhagavatam in the first canto describes Vasudeve bhagavati bhakti-yoga-prayocita Prayojita. jnana yati chiyat ahai to come. That by engaging in devotional service, we automatically acquire causeless knowledge and detachment from this world. Yeah, we... By, simply by doing bhakti-yoga, we become indifferent to this different conditions of this material world. We understand the nature of this material existence. That this is a temporary place. We are not here forever. We have to make the best of a bad bargain. Prabhupada writes in the Sri Isopanisya. This human life is a bad bargain. Yeah, we have a bad situation. Oh, material body, so many problems in life. Make the best of this bad bargain. The, how to make the best? By simply engaging in devotional service. If yes. we engage wholeheartedly in the service of the Lord, we must be cultivating detachment from our material situation. There's no... what. What do we gain by being attached to this material existence? It simply brings us back again to this material world. You have to come back again, again the same situation, again the same problem. So, jnan and vairag, they have to follow devotion of self. Uh, cultivating this detachment from the world it is naturally awakened the example is given just like when a hungry person eats food when a person is hungry and they eat food then they will actually feel first of all relief from hunger and as they go on eating they will feel also nourishment and satisfaction. These things come progressively as one continues eating food. In the same way, by performing devotional service, we also develop detachment from this material existence. We become absorbed in the devotional activities of the Lord and we awaken transcendental knowledge. So, we have to, Prabhupada often says, we have to test ourselves, to see how much we're maintaining attachment to this material existence. Sometimes, uh, devotees will go to remote places to test their spiritual status, that they can maintain they can remain absorbed in devotional activity, not being attached to the material energy, completely depending on Lord, on the Lord, and not worrying about their own maintenance. We see sometimes people go to live in the holy dam of Vrindavan. In their elderly age, they go off to live in Vrindavan renouncing everything and simply depending on Lord Shri Krishna for their maintenance. Devotees like Madhavendra Puri, he was living there in Vrindavan and he made the vow that unless somebody gives him food, he would not eat and he was just simply sitting there on the banks of the, one of the kunds there in Govardhan Hill he was not even thinking about food but Lord Krishna personally came to bring him food to service saying that my mother sent me, she said that in Vrindavan no one is allowed to go hungry so Madhavendra Puri had that kind of faith that he could simply depend on the Lord. Sometimes he is fasting for three days, but then Krishna is coming, bringing food. So we don't have to imitate that kind of behavior, but the principle is there, that we want to become more attached to Krishna. We have to become attached to Krishna, particularly we have to have a regular program, for sadhana bhakti, based on hearing and chanting. In the course of our day, we must arrange that there is some good time to hear and chant. We cannot just simply occupy the whole day with the material activities, only working, cooking and cleaning. There must be some time for genuine spiritual activities, where one will sit down and chant the Holy Name and study also these books, like Srimad Bhagavatam. Prabhupada says, uh, in elderly age, one can also just simply sit down and study the books of the Goswamis. Prabhupada says that He was not allowed to simply sit down and read the books of the Goswami. He said, because he said, when I was a young man, I did not travel and preach. He said, because I did not travel and preach in my youth, I have to do it in my old age. So in this way, he was encouraging us that we should travel and preach, and then in our old age, we could sit down and just simply read and chant the holy name. However, as Prabhupada never retired from traveling and preaching, devotees also said they would never retire, that they would also continue to travel and preach. There is actually no retirement from spiritual activities. We may retire from the material job, but we do not retire from the spiritual job. Rather, as we retire from the material work, we take up more spiritual activities. The later part of life is meant for becoming more absorbed and fully absorbed, fully dedicated to spiritual activities. Worshiping the deity, visiting the holy places and studying the books of the Goswamis, especially Srimad Bhagavatam. We do not have to practice this mechanical yoga process of raising the light air, we just simply engage ourselves in the more practical process of hearing and chanting. This type of yoga process, which is described by Sukadeva Goswami here in this chapter, would be very difficult for any of us to do in this age. Trying to raise the light air up, so that you can drive it out of the top of the head. Undergoing complete uh, absorption. The different stages were described, how you have to come to that stage of Lahabdaho, lahabdaho, lahabdaho Prashanti, that uh, supreme trance, or samadhi, where you're completely absorbed. in. Uh, the internal, in the the supreme, within the heart. So that kind of uh, mechanical process is very difficult and very rare that one can be successful in this age. But the devotional process is, as it is described in the Bhagavad Gita, susukam kartam avyaya that it is joyfully performed. The devotional activity is hearing and chanting. It is not dry, it is not ritualistic or mechanical, but it is very satisfying and pleasing to the heart. So this is, this process of studying Srimad Bhagavatam, hearing about Krishna and the association of devotees, worshipping the deity, these activities, these are for everyone. In any position of life, you don't have to go out from the home, you can remain where you are, you just simply have to become absorbed in worship of the Lord. Very simple and natural processes. And these are especially meant for everyone in this yuga Everyone can become successful. We can, We can become fully absorbed in Krishna's service. it is It rec- does not require a great expense. does not require a great endeavor. It simply requires a little attention to give some time. We have to be willing to give some time, of course, to be willing to practice these things. Practice. The ability is within us and we have to, we go on practicing, then that ability awakens. Prabhupada gives the example of the young child learning to walk. That the young child in the beginning cannot walk, You have the parents have to help. But as the child continues to practice, the child learns how to walk. Because the ability is naturally there within the child, that it can walk. In the same way, all of us have the ability to be Krishna conscious. It is awakened just simply by practice. What is that practice? That is again this sadhana. Sadhana means hearing, chanting, the different devotional activities. Krishna described in 9th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Manmana, papa mad bakto, namaskaru. Worship Krishna, offer obeisances to Him, become Krishna's devotee, engage your mind in thinking of Him. This is sadhana, and this is also sadhya. Sadhana is the means to perfection, and sadhya is the perfection itself. Actually, there is no difference between the two. Whether we're on the path to perfection, or whether we have achieved perfection, the activities are the same. We go on with the same activities. It's not that, okay, I've done sadhana for three years now, I must be a graduate, right? I don't need to do so many things, I've already, you know, at a college like that, you know, and do a course, you finish the course, no, I did that course, you know, i finished with that. But in Krishna consciousness, it goes on, it's the same, the same activity. Sadhana and Satya, the path to perfection and the perfection itself, the same thing. We continue to hear and chant, we have to, ch- we have to do the chanting, we have to worship the deity, we have to offer obeisances. This was the activities of the Goswamis. They were on the highest spiritual position. But every day, you know, Sanatana Goswami was offering thousands of obeisances to Vaishnavas. Every day they were chanting so many la- rounds, countless rounds. They were studying scriptures, they were constantly engaged in all of these activities. And they were always meek and humble. So th- this is the sign that someone is making, that we're making spiritual advancement. The more we progress in spiritual advancement, then we become detached to the material existence. And a person who is detached from the material existence is not going to be proud. Rather, he will be the most humble person, the most tolerant person. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, Lord Kapila describes the ornaments of a sadhu to his mother Devahuti. Just as people wear ornaments on the dress, in the body, different ornaments are worn. In the same way, there are qualities within the individual's character, which are also ornaments. So, Sadhu bushana, What are the ornaments of a genuine Sadhu? One who, sadhu means also devotee of the Lord. The devotees of the Lord are all Sadhu. So Lord um, Kapila describes these qualities. Titikshava Karunika Suidam sarvadehinam ajata Shatrabha, Shantu Sadhava Sadhubusana. First of all, titikshava. That a devotee will be tolerant. A devotee does not get disturbed by the behavior of others. They remain tolerant. Tolerant, that Titikshava is used in the Bhagavad Gita, in the second chapter, Krishna is saying to Arjuna, that happiness and distress are like the winter and summer season. This is something which we perceive by the senses. One should tolerate without being disturbed. A devotee has to be tolerant as, as we are cultivating the qualities of devotee by our devotional service we can understand how much we have progressed in our devotional service by how many of these qualities we have cultivated. Are we tolerant in our activity? Are we able to tolerate the abuse of others the, some people may be, be very nasty behave to us in a very bad way. Are we able to tolerate without being disturbed, or do we think I'll get revenge? Mm-hmm. I'll get my own back on that? Just wait <laughs> you know so. You know, if we do that, then that just perpetuates the wheel of karma. Because one one person does bad to us, and if we try to do something bad back to them, then they think how to do worse back to us. And Mm -hmm. the whole thing goes on and on, you see. There's no end to it, you see. So, we don't want to perpetuate the wheel of karma. We want to just stop it. Therefore, we learn from the sadhus from the devotees that they are very tolerant. They do not act against others to try to uh, get revenge or anything. To tolerate. Shiva Karunika. Devotees are also merciful. Merciful. That that they want to be kind and they have compassion for others. And think how to deliver others. Devotee does not worry so much about his own situation, but is more concerned for others, for the well-being of others. The devotee is Paradu- paradukaduki. He's very unhappy to see others suffering and thinks how to deliver them. Just like Vasudev Data the great devotee of Lord Chaitanya, he was saying to Lord Chaitanya that, uh, let me take the sins of all the sinful people and let them go back to Godhead. I will stay here. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so pleased. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, on hearing this request from Vasudev were tears came into the eye of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he told Vasudevjata that you are pravata. This is the mood of pravata maharaj. So, we also have to cultivate this mood. Concern for others. Not so much worried about our own existence. The more we're concerned for others, the more we're making advancements in spiritual Spiritual. life. It's very difficult, I know. Not because we're so absorbed in our own self, that if we're not, if it's not our own self, it's the things in relation to ourselves: family, relatives, friends, society. Prabhupada calls it extended self. So we have to see the Lord in everyone. A devotee has no enemy. We do not think of anyone as being enemy. We see Krishna in the heart of everyone. If someone does bad to us, we should simply think, I must have done something bad to him in the past to deserve it. And in this way we accept. When we are suffering in a bad we think, I deserve to suffer more. But Krishna is only giving me a little suffering. My suffering is being reduced by the grace of Krishna. We have to keep this consciousness, seeing everything in relation to Krishna and being always thankful to Krishna. So a devotee has no enemy, a devotee also is peaceful, He keeps his mind peaceful, he's not disturbed and he is a knower of the scriptures also. We have to study these scriptures, cultivate this knowledge from the scriptures. These books are all written for us to help us to develop our Krishna consciousness. In this way we can cultivate the qualities of the sadhu. Asadu, being merciful to others, does not have to simply flatter others. It is the duty of Asadu to speak the truth. And sometimes the truth may not be pleasing to people. You know, if we tell people that you're behaving just like a fool, your acts are going to take you into hell, You're going to suffer repeatedly if you go on behaving in this way. You know, our instructions, our uh, preaching may not be appreciated by materialistic people. But we, we don't have to flatter materialistic people. We have to give them the truth. We have to explain to them the nature of this material world. As devotees, we are sadhus and we have to cut. Sadhu means one who can cut the attachment to the material existence. Material existence is very binding. Our acts of sense gratification tie us to the material world and we have to cut our way out of it. In the Bhagavad Gita, this material existence is described to be like a banyan tree. And this banyan tree is very great, very vast. And the only way to get out of it, you have to cut out of it. We have to cut with the sword of detachment. So yes, we have to cultivate this detachment. However, this detachment is cultivated simply by devotional service. (laughs) The more we become attached to Krishna, then this is a sure sign that we have become detached from the material existence. The genuine proof of our attachment to Krishna is our disgust for the material existence. We have no desire to enjoy this material world. We just simply want to serve Krishna. So this is something of the principles of Krishna consciousness. We will stop ask if there are any questions, any comments. Yes, Prabhu. how do we see natural disasters when they take place in the world? Well, uh, we see this material world as being a prison house. We are all in the prison house. In the prison house, there are different classes of prisoners. You know, A class, B class, C class. Some get little more facilities than others. But everyone is a prisoner. Nobody is free. Everyone is in a miserable situation. So when natural disasters occur, we should understand that this is due to the collective karma of the world. Some collective karma, some karma is being displaced. Is it unjust? Is it fit with people, of course, materialistic people? say, How could it be that young children are affected, young people, innocent people are all affected by these natural disasters? Well, we have to educate such people in the science of the soul. That the body is not eternal, but the soul is, and each and every one of us had a previous life. We don't remember our previous lives, but each and every one of us did have previous lives, many previous lives, and we have brought with us our different reactions from the past. Some are bearing fruit and some still have to bear fruit but we're in the course of experiencing the result of different past activities. So when people die during a natural disaster, we should understand they will take birth again in a better situation than the one they left. That they are been relieved from that situation due to some natural causes, and they will take birth again in a better situation than the one which they have given up. So people don't have to lament for them. Of course it's natural, we will feel sorry that we have lost one who we loved, who were very dear to us. But again, we should understand that that is the nature of material existence. The body is temporary. Every one of us has to die. We have to give up this body and we have no control over when, what time it will be. There is no law that says only old people will die. <laughs> Sometimes young people also die. There is no law that says the father should die before the son. No, that's not a law. It, it can happen. And we have to be prepared that these things can happen for every one of us. So, uh, natural disasters, uh, they can be upset when the people will become much more God conscious. If there was an increase in the God consciousness in the world, then the natural disasters could be much less. If the people would become more engaged in the devotional activities of the Lord, particularly by chanting the Holy Name of the Lord, then this would help a lot to change uh, the effect The the, the, such natural disasters could be greatly reduced. There wouldn't be so many. But because there are so many sins going on in the world, that is simply causing more disturbance and it comes in the form sometimes natural disasters that vast numbers of people die all at one time because of the sin- sinful reaction. When we are sinful in the form a lot of sins goes on not only killing people but killing animals. Killing animals is very sinful. Killing, particularly cows is it, very sinful, and it br- br- brings a lot of simple reaction. Then taking also the natural resources of the Lord for our own sense gratification, drilling from oil from the ground and taking that oil for petrol for our motor cars which we use for our eating, sleeping, mating and defending. So, we're taking property which does not belong to us and using it for our sense gratification. That's a crime in the eyes of God. We're all sinful and we we are all suffering in this material existence. There are no exceptions. But there are different classes of prisoners and it seems like some people are suffering more than others. It is not by chance, but it is due to something from the past. However, if people become devotees of the Lord, they do not suffer karma. They may suffer, but it is not karma, it is the arrangement of Lord Shri Krishna. A devotee's suffering is never under the laws of material nature, but it is the plan of Lord Krishna directly to bring him out from the material existence, to accelerate his going back to Godhead. That is the purpose of the devotee's suffering. Any other questions? Well it it's not there in the Sanskrit, but you see it does mention about uh, it says that
1: uh,
0: He has to maintain the aim for going back to Godhead, you see? Akuntha, Akuntha, that's by kuntha you know, that, that. he has this intention of going back to Godhead. So he must be a devotee, right? Because he wants to, he's got the goal in mind. He knows where he's going. You know, he's not just doing some mechanical process with no knowledge. He's not ignorant. He's not just some yogi who does some yoga exercise and doesn't know anything about God he actually knows what his destination is you know, have you read Alice in Wonderland? you know Alice went into the wonderland and she said, she said to who was it she said, said, where do I go from here? so, he said, where do you want to go? she said, I don't know so he said, well it doesn't matter where you go, does it? (laughs) right? if you don't know where you're going to go it doesn't matter where you go so that's like Alice in Wonderland, but, you know, we're not in the Wonderland. <laughs> 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 you should know where you're going. Yeah. And this yogi, he knew where he was going. He had his goal in mind. He wanted to go back to Godhead. So he's a Bhakti yoga. Although he's, doi- he's trying to go, he's u- not using the normal process, he's using this m- uh, meditation on the Supreme, raise the life there up, off the top of the head, a different process. But still there's, you know, he's his bhakti yogi because he, he knows about the Lord and he wants to get there. He's fixed, he has no material desire. That is bhakti yoga, right? No material desire. That's the real bhakti yogi. You know, just because we may do hearing and chanting and think we're bhakti yogis, you know, but we still have a lot of desires, you know. Yes, Prabhu? I
1: think they take what or they have to go back to the have and come uh,
0: back <laughs> 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 Well, it depends a lot on the consciousness, you know. The particular situation, where, the, where there's a lot of people dying, you know, there must be a lot of different different situations. And it's not all the same for everyone. It's hard to say. <laughs> people who are maybe more attached, more sinful, they may take a longer time before they. And maybe a longer time before they're put into a particular situation again. Well, these things are not very clear. frankly, how long they take, I'm not especially.
1: So, you we were saying that in the picture, like anything bad happens to you, is according to your sermon, but there are.
0: Yes, well, generally, everything which happens, as a devotee, we, we think like this, we, we understand that whatever's happening is not by chance. There's no such thing as chance anywhere that every there must be some reason behind everything. So when someone suffers, you know you say somebody may be killed, and you say innocent people. so. you know, it's not really easy for us to judge how innocent people are because we don't know the past lives of people, you see? So how, you know, people may say, no, I'm innocent, I never did any harm to anyone, but that is their thinking, you know, in general we all think we're good people, (laughs) (laughs) I mean all, we all have that opinion about ourselves. I'm a good guy. I never do any harm to anyone. Why do you do this to me? But, you know, I mean, we do a lot of things, actually, which are not quite right in the eyes of God. And we've done a lot of things in the past also. And that's why we're here in this material world. The good guys are not here. <laughs> And the Tero you in know, the Golok, <laughs> or the Baikuntha, you know. We made the mistake, you know, we came back here. So my question is, what should we think about George's making mainly? If a terrorist is killing 100 people, we should take it as, you know, when they have died because of their karma.
1: So what should we you and we knew
0: that so we Well, of course, you know, we... we do our best to try to protect people, you know, we, uh, that is, you know, natural. We don't, you know, suffering going to come anyway. It's not that we just let, you know, give everyone a free, go ahead, give them, <laughs> let them do what you like to them. They deserve it. You know, let them have it. No, uh, as, as I said, we're merciful. Devotees should be merciful, you know. It doesn't mean we're merciful to terrorists. So we can go ahead have their heads off, you know. No, the suffering will come without terrorists. We want, there should be peace in the world. People should live civilized life. We should act according to the laws of God. We do not encourage violence to innocent people. Uh, you know, acts of violence, that is never in supported by any civilized society. Kurukshetra was a religious war. It was fought according to principles. People, Kshatriyas fought Kshatriyas. They did not drop bombs on innocent people or put bombs in the underground to, you know, kill all the innocent people. No, that is not civilized. That is very simple. And yes, certainly, the, the philosophy does not support that. Mm-hmm. Well, So is this material attachment? If we raise a family, have children, and raise them in Krishna consciousness, no. We just ask that your children be incarnations of God. Just make sure your children are all incarnations of God. That would be very nice. You can, you know, you can have children who are all pure devotees of the Lord. You should think that when your child is born, that. I want this child will never take birth again in this material world. This should be my child's last birth in the material world. So that is very good. That is not material attachment. Just have that conviction and that sincere desire that when you have children, you want to have nice children, you have devotee children and you will raise them in Krishna consciousness in such a way that they will never have to take birth again, in this material world. That is wonderful. Make them pure dev- pure devotees. At first, actually, you can attract pure souls. Your children may be pure devotees at birth. You know, have very God-conscious children. And in this way, you, we can use them. They can preach Krishna consciousness. Spread the Krishna consciousness movement. That is not material. That is the highest service. Very great service. No, you can't say it was just a decision of the parents. A lot of parents who like children, they don't all get them. You know, you need also the blessing of God. The parents themselves are not supreme in that decision. I know a lot of couples who are very very anxious to have children, but they don't all have children. So there's a higher authority. And it's not just the child. And the child is placed. In of the child is placed in that womb through the agency of the Supreme.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you know we are working over it, and you know, so how to how to figure out actually to <laughs> try to untie the knot. How
0: to cut the knot rather than try to untie the knot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, how to cut the knot? That that is the the sort of weapon of detachment. By this weapon of detachment, that is the process for cutting the knot. If it's a knot, you know, you try to untie it, you may never untie it. That's the problem. You know, you try to undo the knot, it can take a long time. And some knots, you know, and sometimes you can never undo them. You know, they're just, you know, it's too tight. You just you can't get it out. You have to cut. So this is the sure way cutting the knot, right? How to cut? by knowledge, by this weapon of knowledge, that we simply hear, and we hear with firm conviction. That with resolute determination, one pointed attention. In this way, we're able to properly apply this knowledge and overcome the attachment to the material. We have to have that conviction, that firm faith in the instruction in the knowledge of the scriptures and put it into practice. So this is the weapon of knowledge. You know, it's not just only knowing, not just jnan, but vijyan also. The application, the realization of that knowledge. So then, that properly situates us in detachment. We properly understood. We're not just simply saying something that we heard, but we actually have realized it, we've understood it, put it into practice. Any other questions?
1: The that you to Krishna,
0: if a person is practicing Krishna consciousness and at the time of death he forgets the Lord, then Krishna will force himself into that devotee's mind and take him back to God, Prabhupada. Right? If we have been devotees throughout our life but still somehow some unfortunate circumstances, we don't know, we have to live untimely. There may not be the opportunity for the remembrance of the Lord, but Krishna will force Himself into the mind. Krishna Himself says, uh, He is the swift deliverer for the devotee from the material existence. We don't deliver ourselves. It's Krishna who carries us back home back to God. You know it's not our efforts, but it's, it's, we just simply try to be a devotee, we just simply try to engage in service, and Krishna is the one who reciprocates, that he remembers his devotee, and he brings us out of his material <coughs> world. Okay, so we will stop then. Thank you very much. Ki jai, jai,